Kent Online News. News you can trust. This is the Kent Online Podcast. Nicola Everett. Hello, hope you're okay and had a good weekend. Thanks ever so much for downloading today's podcast on Monday, January the 9th. Coming up here from the stars of Empire of Light, which was filmed in Kent and is out in cinemas today. Plus, what a performance it was from Gillingham at the weekend. We'll have more from the manager following their FA Cup third round tie. But first, an Amazon delivery driver who crashed his van while over the drink drive limit has been given a driving ban. Ish joins me now to talk more about this. Ish, firstly, when did it happen? Well, Radu Valp had been heading home from his delivery rounds when he crashed into a road sign before ending up in a ditch on Station Road in Staplehurst in November last year. He was taken to hospital to be checked over and a breath test showed he had 62 micrograms of alcohol in 100 millilitres of breath. The legal limit is 35. And what did he tell officers? Well, the 34-year-old who's from smugglers in Hawkehurst claimed he'd been distracted by his watch when it happened at about 8.40 at night. He also told them he'd had a couple of beers on the way home. So Ish, what happened in court? He pleaded guilty to drink driving and it was revealed how he'd given up his job for the online retailer as he knew he would be banned. He's been told he can't get behind the wheel for 17 months and was also fined £300. If he does a drink driving course, his ban will be reduced by a quarter. Ish, thank you ever so much. Kent Online News. Some other top stories for you today and a man's been arrested after a woman told police she was sexually assaulted in an underpass in Ashford. It's thought to have happened between Station Approach and Torrington Road in the early hours of New Year's Day. A 36-year-old has been questioned and released on bail while investigations continue. A court's heard how a teenager smashed a bottle over someone's head when violence broke out in Canterbury City Centre. James Beaumont attacked a rival outside Halifax Bank in May 2021. He's now 20 and is already in a young offenders institution for a separate assault in Ramsgate. A judge has added another eight months to his sentence. The owners of a shop in Margate say they're considering legal action after thousands of pounds worth of parcels were found dumped in woods in Medway. 40 orders to trade force on Canterbury Road went missing after being sent out to customers. Well, delivery company Every launched an investigation. A man was later arrested on suspicion of theft and is out on bail until March. Now, talks have been taking place today to try and resolve ongoing strike action that's been affecting services right here in Kent. The walkouts in recent months may have in fact prevented you from travelling by train or receiving post on time. Ambulance staff have also walked out as have uni lecturers. Well, ministers, including the PM Rishi Sunak, have been meeting with union leaders today. Ivor Riddell is chairman of the RMT union in Medway and he's been speaking to Gabriel from our colleagues at KMTV. We are prepared to take more action if we have to. Uh, the, the membership is even stronger and has even greater resolve than before. We've just been through eight days of strikes in the space of uh, a month, effectively, including a two-week overtime ban, which has had a massive impact on our members' opportunities to earn money, obviously. But we feel that strongly about the whole situation that uh, we're actually digging in. And uh, I was actually down in Ashford today visiting a picket line down there, and the, the resolve is uh, stronger than ever. And despite what some media outlets and the government have had, you believe, public support is phenomenal at the moment. Is public support that strong? I mean, we've we've been out on the streets, particularly in Gillingham and Medway, boxing, uh, speaking to um, <clears throat> commuters, and they seem, quite frankly, um, fed up. Well, I've, I've seen some of your Vox Pops, and, and actually, 
whilst people are frustrated uh, and, and seem um, a little bit weary of it all, uh, I think you've found very few who will openly condemn the strikes. A lot of people are saying that even though I, I'm really not happy about it, I do understand the reasons for the strike. Um, so th there's very very little condemn, open condemnation of the strike, although there, there is frustration and we understand that. And we're really frustrated because we don't want to lose money. Some of our members have lost a lot of money over this, and, and they're, but they're prepared to lose more um, to ensure that the jobs are there for the future and they're decent jobs with a decent pay and proper terms and conditions and a safe working environment for, for them and for the passengers. And a union representing NHS staff says it's going ahead with strike action later this week. Kent Online reports. A Margate woman's calling for action to tackle dangerous driving on her road after having three cars written off in the space of three years. They were all parked on Dane Valley Road when they were damaged. The last was hit by a stolen car in the early hours of New Year's Day. Now, she says she's also had several near misses as a pedestrian and is worried about her children's safety. As she says, people are driving way too fast. Meantime, nuisance bikers are back on a playing field in Maidstone after previously being given warnings by police. People living near Mangravit say they've been revving their engines for hours over the Christmas break and at weekends. Kent County Council's agreed to install barriers at the entrances to the park to try and tackle the issue. Police are hunting two men after a tawny owl was allegedly killed with catapults near Sittingbourne. It's thought to have been attacked in Upchurch back in October. Well, detectives have now given us pictures of the people they want to speak to. You can see those images today by heading to Kent Online. I'm sure you've noticed it's the first proper business Monday of the new year and that usually means it's the day family lawyers get the most inquiries about couples splitting up. Yes, it's actually called Divorce Day and it sees those who've struggled over the festive period reach out for advice. But with high energy prices and rising inflation, this year the cost of divorce may be out of reach for many who want to separate. Well, Dawn Harrison is from Whitehead Moncton Solicitors in Maidstone and she's been speaking to our reporter, Kate Faulkner. It's a theme that comes up every year, beginning of January, because people have been locked in their homes with family all over the Christmas break and tensions build in those family situations it can be very artificial you're not seeing family in that setting quite in such a concentrated way it's it you know short days dark nights etc um and it just everyone has high expectations of it being a lovely festive period it doesn't always work out that way so we we tend to dub it that uh certainly from the media side of things that's what we hear um, and yeah, we do, you know, phones are being manned and calls are coming through saying we've taken the decision to separate over Christmas or there's been incidents over Christmas and, and that's made people think they, they need to come and see someone like ourselves. Is this year expected to be the same or, or are you expecting it to be a bit different? On a personal level, I'm not expecting it to be um, any different except that what we do know is with pressures that are more on people financially than ever before um, that that can often be a time when when there are pressures that's when the tensions are greater one could argue it's exactly the wrong time to contemplate being divorced when you know money is tight because that's meaning there's already not enough to go around and so if then you're trying to say well if we can't stay together how do we live in separate homes 
well, that costs more, surely. So, so it's counterintuitive, but the reality is when there are financial pressures, then it, it does seem to equate um, some statistics, I think will say that it does drive up um, people interested in, in separation and divorce. And when we talk about the cost of divorce, you touched on it there. It's, I think there's a conception mm -hmm. that it is purely just legal fees, um, which obviously is one aspect of it. But you mentioned there about living in separate houses. Suddenly you have to split a household in two and have mm -hmm. of everything. Um, what, so when we talk about uh, the cost of divorce, what would just sort of be an outline of, of the sort of expenses that a couple would be looking at? Well, um, I mean, the cost of a divorce application that they can do online themselves now, um, it's been designed specifically to allow couples to be able to do that either as a uh, sole applicant or joint applicants. Um, that's £593. Um, so that can be a lot for some people to find. There is, for those on very low incomes, a remission from fees process. So they may find that they can either reduce or avoid that charge, but they have to be um, you know, receiving benefits and so forth to be able to qualify. So in terms of court legal fees, that, that's actually very modest, um, even if that might sound like a lot of money, but compared with what you know, lawyers will charge for the legal advice that is needed, well then you know, the sky is almost the limit, depending on who you're going to. Kent Online reports. A KFC in Kent has been branded the worst in the UK following a number of complaints. People who use the Thanetway drive through at Chessfield say it shuts early without warning, regularly messes up orders and sometimes runs out of fried chicken. It's got some terrible reviews on TripAdvisor. The company insists staff are working hard to address the issues. Some better news for a school on Sheppey that's thought to be one of the most deprived in Kent but has achieved its first ever good rating from Ofsted. Inspectors visited Richmond Academy in Sheerness in November and praised the leadership and curriculum as well as pupils' behaviour and well-being. The school previously had a 30-year history of inadequate or requires improvement ratings. Huge congratulations to all of those at Richmond Academy in Sheerness. A woman's been given a ticket by police after being caught using her mobile while driving. You might not be overly surprised but it was on speaker and she was holding it up to her face which is illegal officers have shared a picture on twitter saying her excuse was that her phone holder kept falling off and wouldn't stick so a bit of a warning for you it looks like controversial plans to turn a riverside cottage in canterbury into a champagne cafe will be given the go-ahead the owner of the alaturka restaurant chain wants to transform the property in st peter's place into an upmarket tea room serving alcohol some residents are worried it'll ruin the character of the building and disrupt access to a local charity. The proposals have been recommended for approval with a final decision due to be made at a meeting tomorrow. Elsewhere, a Kent business is set to double in size after purchasing a new craft beer and pale ale firm. Curious Brewery in Ashford is taking on the Somerset-based Wild Beer Company, which went into administration last month following issues with COVID and the cost of living crisis. They're hoping to increase their production to 15 million pints a year. Kent Online News. Now, a TikTok star who's
who's gone viral for his scathing reviews of Kent Towns has revealed where his hatred of the county comes from. You might recall we've had Phil Carr on the podcast before where he's got 440,000 followers on the social media platform. He described Canterbury Cathedral as a tourist trap and says Sheerness is far worse than a prison. Well, he's been spending some time in Margate and that is where we caught up with him. Kent's all right. I'll tell you something, if it wasn't in commuter distance of London, it would have real problems, but uh, uh, it's okay. And uh, like I say, no hate to the people of Kent. It's all in good jest. And if you don't take it as a joke, then uh, that's on you. Cliftonville is the eighth coolest neighbourhood on the planet. I think there are people in Brighton and Camden shouting at their phone screens at the moment, going absolutely mad. I could list off probably a hundred neighbourhoods in the UK which are cooler than Cliftonville without rest or hesitation. Um, I think probably someone at Time Out magazine has got a couple of rental properties in Cliftonville and are desperately trying to up their net worth. Good luck to Cliftonville, but you wouldn't have me moving there if I was a young artist. My favourite part of Margate, probably the ease of parking because of the lack of visitors you can just drive straight in. It's like being in a Hollywood film. You just park outside the shop you want to go to. Um, but seriously, it needs a lick of paint, doesn't it? Let's be honest. It does need a lick of paint. And with so many of the posts I've done all over the country, I think change will come, but that's going to be change from London. And it's whether the people from Margate will actually want that change when it gets here. It, it does come from a place of love, my, my, my hatred to Kent. I have family in Kent, which I don't think watched the posts, thankfully. Uh, but, the, but the origin story of the feud with Kent comes uh, from a post I did several, a couple of years ago about when, when your, your horrible county mutated the virus and meant that we all had to stay at home at Christmas. Uh, and I put, put that post up and the amount of hate I got from Kent residents was so extraordinary. Uh, that's when the Fendetta started. I, I cracked jokes about everywhere in the country and every other region and county just laughed it off. But not Kent. You take things very personally and you can either ignore hate or you can lean into it. And I've chosen to lean into it. So it's not all bad then. And we'll have more on Margate for you in just a bit. A Medway mum says she's been overwhelmed by the response to a post online asking for people to do a drive-by for her son's birthday. Kerry North's boy has autism and loves watching traffic and trains when he turns 12 next month. And more than 40 people have been in touch offering to bring along their rare or modified cars to help Thomas celebrate. One of Kent's most famous hotels could be about to change its name after nearly 40 years. The Grand Burstyn in Folkestone has often been described as one of the worst in the UK and made the headlines recently when part of the building started crumbling away. Well, a big banner's been put up with the name Grand Hotel on it. We've asked the company that runs the site for a comment. It's claimed plans for a chic new wine bar on the Kent coast will make Broadstairs feel more like Cornwall. The owners of the Jetty Restaurant Cafe on the seafront have announced plans to expand. It's hoped it'll bring in more tourists and in fact you can head to Kent online to see pictures of what it might look like. Meantime, a Kent restaurant's been named as a finalist in the National Burger Awards. Please, sir, which has branches in Broadstairs and Whitstable, has made it into the last 16 with their Limitless Burger. Chefs will take part in a live cook-off in London next month before the winner is announced.
Lewis Capaldi started the new year as number one on the Kent Top 40 over on our sister radio station KMFM. His song Pointless knocked Pink's Never Gonna Not Dance Again off the top spot. And it's a big day for Margate as Empire of Light, which was filmed in the town, is out in cinemas. The cast and crew spent about three months shooting scenes at Dreamland and on the seafront. Olivia Coleman has been nominated for a Golden Globe for her role in the movie. She says her character, who suffers with mental health issues, is based on director Sam Mendes's own mum. He would talk about watching his you know, beloved mummy become powerful, become eloquent, become incredible, and then just tip over and then go into the decline. So it, although it was a hell of a journey to play, I did have incredible sort of um, font of knowledge in front of me at all times. Well, tourism bosses are hoping the film will encourage more people to visit the area. It's set in the 80s and is based in the cinema at Dreamland and also stars Colin Firth, who says it made him feel nostalgic to remember how special it was to go to the movies back in the day. Going to the cinema, it's not just the, the fact of sitting in a room with all those people, and that's a huge part of it. It's also the pilgrimage you make to, in order to see a film. Pre-VHS, let's say, you, you don't get that experience unless you make a decision, travel, arrive, buy a ticket, and then all this, you know, the chocolate-covered raisins or whatever it is. Actor Toby Jones joined Olivia Coleman at a special screening of the movie in Kent yesterday and doesn't think cinemas will ever die out. One of the great pleasures in the world is, is going off and anonymously joining an audience to watch a cinema and sort of disappearing in some way into the life of someone or some other community who are being portrayed on screen. Well, director Sam Mendes welcomed everyone to the Carlton Cinema in Westgate yesterday morning. Let's hear what he had to say. We've had the Telluride premiere of this movie. We've had the Toronto premiere of this movie. We've had the London Film Festival <coughs> premiere of this movie. And we've had the LA premiere in the heart of Hollywood. But this is the most important premiere um, which is the Market South Coast Gala premiere, I see it's called there. And how many movies can honestly say that? Um, we had a fantastic time here. We really did. It was, if you can remember this, it was still the tail end of COVID. And so the, the fact that you form a bubble, a kind of community for any movie, is natural. But we found an even tighter and more close-knit one here. Um, and it was a very, very memorable time. Um, the beauty of this place, I know you see it probably every day, so you don't see it quite so clearly as we do, even in the dead of winter, was something that sustained us every day. And I hope we've man managed to find a way to show in this movie. And star Michael Ward wasn't able to make it to yesterday's screening, but he did send this message. Yo, what's up, guys? Uh, I just want to say sorry I can't be with you today. As you guys know, I loved making this film in Margate, and I'm gutted that I can't be there to celebrate with you all at this very, very special screening. Uh, I just want to say thank you to Sam and Pippa and all of the cast involved, especially the people there today, Toby, and Olivia, you guys are incredible and special and I love you all. Um, I just want you guys to enjoy the film and I look forward to coming back to Margate very soon, man. Blessings and love. We'd love to know what you think about the film. If you're going to see it in cinemas, you can message us. The email is news at thekmgroup.co.uk. And the Golden Globes that Olivia Coleman is nominated for take place in the early hours of Wednesday, our time. Kent Online Sports. 
football and it was disappointment but a brilliant performance from Gillingham at the weekend. They went out of the FA Cup in the third round after being beaten by Premier League side Leicester City. Priestfield was a sellout for the game which saw new owner Brad Gallinson introduced to the fans and we caught up with manager Neil Harris after the match. Firstly, proud of the team, proud of the football club today. It just shows the potential that Gallinson's have invested into the football club for. Um, showed again just in another game of football that tactically we can get it right um, and for 55 minutes I thought we was excellent. Um, gave very little away, we were strong on the counter-attack, we played with energy, we competed, um, we asked questions of the opponent um, and then just, just I was disappointed the goal in the sense of just decision making with it but then also and I thought it was a foul in, in, in the build-up to the goal as well um, but however after that, Leicester's opportunities it was a good opportunity to come on the counter attack when we chased the game and we opened up. Um, but just the only disappointment I said to the players, and it is my only disappointment today, is just when I, I thought we had a little bit of a missed opportunity today to cause an upset because we just didn't have those moments in the final third, the quality once we got there. And we got there enough today. We got there enough, whether it was set plays or open play, we got there enough, just didn't quite have the quality to ask the questions. I don't think no one's disappointed. It didn't fall for us. We didn't make it fall for us. You know that's the anticipation and the front foot and the reading of the game that that, that, that separates Premier League players and, and, and League Two players. Um, so no, I, I just disappointed. We got there and we got into good areas that we didn't anticipate. But that's why we're bottom of the football league. I asked the players on Thursday, put aside where we are. We don't forget, but we enjoy Thursday, Friday, and Saturday, and we have and we've enjoyed the last. 48 hours and today, great effort by everybody, but it's now about moving forward. Everyone knew Leicester were going to dominate the football today and um, they come with a shape to protect behind the ball but also get extra bodies in front of us and, and you know, we, we, we had to be organised and disciplined and we, we, had to, you know, we had to play the 5-4-1 or, or drop into a 6-3-1 six, six, at times um, and we had to make them try and break us down because we knew sometimes when, when the opponent, um, the superior opponent takes slightly more risks it gives us an opportunity and, that, and that's what happened. So like, absolutely delighted with the group um, to the, the 55 minutes. Um, and then when you concede, it just it does at times make you open up a little bit. Um, let the goalkeeper make a couple of really good saves as well. Um, yeah, no complaints with the result. Elsewhere, former Gillingham captain Gabrielle Zakuani has revealed he had a big argument with Steve Evans before leaving the club. He says he got angry when he turned up to find his kit wasn't laid out like the other players. Well, he claims to have been forced out because he was earning the most money, but says he has no hard feelings towards the former Jill's manager. On to tennis, and Kent's Emma Rajikani is hoping to be fit for next week's Australian Open. The British number one from Orpington suffered an ankle injury in Auckland last week and left the court in tears. She's been speaking to Tennis Australia in Melbourne. I just had an accident on the court which don't know what I could have done to really prevent that but I'm just taking it a day at a time honestly and just trying to every single day try as, as best as possible to see and make progress and um, we'll see hopefully by Monday. 
The first Grand Slam of the year starts next week. And finally, a Thai boxing champion from Maidstone has broken a world record. Nicola Ireland managed to kick 64 items off people's heads in just one minute. The previous record was 59. You can see the record-breaking moment by heading to the Maidstone pages of Kent Online. Well, that's all from us for today. Thanks ever so much for listening. Don't forget, you can follow us on our socials. That's Facebook, Twitter, Instagram and TikTok. And you can also sign up to the briefing to get a daily update of the top stories direct to your email. To do that, just head to kentonline.co.uk. News you can trust. This is the Kent Online Podcast.